The First Republic bank trouble continues, but the record profits from ExxonMobil and Chevron somehow kept investor sentiment sweet on Friday's trading session in the US. Now, once again, the Federal Reserve will meet under the pressure of this ongoing crisis in the US regional banks, whereas the European Central Bank won't have the bank stress on its own shoulders when it will announce another rate hike at Thursday's meeting this week. So welcome to another trading week with Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So sentiment on Friday's trading session was surprisingly resilient to a further turmoil and a further deterioration in the First Republic Bank's situation. The First Republic Bank shares dived another 43% on Friday as no solution to save the bank popped up by magic, unfortunately. But, 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 the S&P 500 still rallied to 41.70 levels, so that's the highest level since February and just around 25 points below this year's peak level. So. The unexpected record earnings from ExxonMobil and Chevron in the first quarter of this year certainly stole some of the attention from the First Republic Bank for a moment on Friday because well, ExxonMobil announced a profit of more than 11 billion US dollars in the first quarter of this year. So that's more than double the profit that it announced at the same time last year. And that's also a fresh record for a first quarter profit, while Chevron, on the other hand, topped estimates as well and that well despite the fact that oil prices were on average 16% lower this first quarter compared to the same time last year so how did these companies do that well they did that by cutting costs effectively so the Exxon mobile shares gained to flirt with the $120 per share level whereas Chevron avoided a slide below its 200 day moving average on Friday and closed the Friday's trading session 1% higher. Now, the problem is uh, oil stocks are doing fine, but the headache on the First Republic Bank front didn't really end with the weekly closing bell on Friday. The FDIC actually says preparing to place the bank under receivership to prevent the bank from well, going bankrupt. And the First Republic Bank shares fell another about well, 33% in the after hours trading on Friday and talks about who will actually get involved in the saving of the First Republic Bank carried on throughout this weekend and even extended into last night. Well, decision could fall at any time. But the good news is, if we could call them good news, well, the US features don't seem to be under the pressure of, well, whatever, at the time I'm talking here this morning because I actually see the S&P 500 futures right now flat to slightly positive, meaning that the First Republic Bank drama and the inevitable outcome has already been broadly priced in by investors by now. And well, despite the uh, latest banking drama around the First Republic Bank, well, the Federal Reserve is actually expected to raise its interest rate when it meets this week by another 25 basis points because activity on Fed funds futures gives around 85% chance for another quarter point hike at this week's FOMC meeting. The thing is that 25 basis point hike from the Fed this week will likely have the impact of a bigger rate hike if the credit conditions in the US continue tightening because of another regional bank going out of 
business. Now, obviously, the idea is that the slower lending from the banks means slower growth for the U.S. economy. And obviously, slower growth will hopefully, hopefully pull inflation lower in the U.S. toward the Fed's 2% policy target. But so far, the GDP data released last week in the U.S. well didn't really point at that direction in the first quarter of this year because growth slowed. But that was mostly due to a slump in business inventories, remember? But on the other hand, while consumer spending, which is two-thirds of the U.S. economy, remained resilient and another gauge of inflation in the U.S., which is the Fed's favorite PC index, well, fell slower than analysts expected in March, while wages grew at the same speed than what was printed previously. Now, this week on the economic calendar, we will be looking at how the U.S. jobs market performed last month and, well, how much people actually earned during the last month of this year. But even a softer NFP read from the U.S. and softer wages growth may not fully ease the Federal Reserve's inflation headache because many, many investors and many, many analysts out there just highlight that the wages growth in the U.S. do obviously have an impact on inflation and slowing them could obviously pull inflation lower in the coming months. But the resilient corporate profits weigh heavier on consumer prices than wages do. And well, if earnings don't slow, they actually do slow a little bit, but not by too much, well, inflation won't come down. In other words, if the corporate results and the stock market as a result of it remain in such a good shape, well, the Fed's fight against inflation will continue with further interest rate hikes in horizon and tighter financial conditions. And that until until, well, the economy slows enough to cool inflation down in the U.S. Well, anyway, this week, the NFP is expected to dip to 180,000 new non-farm jobs in the U.S., but the wages will perhaps grow at the rate of 4.2% on annual basis. That's unchanged from the last month. In Europe, the inflation situation is not much better, although it's not as bad as one would have expected for the month of April, because the Eurozone countries started releasing their April preliminary inflation figures on Friday last week. And inflation in France and inflation in Spain actually accelerated due to the rebound that we saw in oil prices, which was obviously thanks to OPEC uh, cutting production to boost prices. But... But inflation in Germany actually continued easing. So that's kind of good news. On the growth front, well, French and Spanish economies had a well, better than expected quarter compared to what analysts expected. Even though the situation was not brilliant elsewhere in Europe, Germany, for example, stagnated and the Eurozone economy grew a bit slower than what analysts expected in the first quarter at the speed of 0.1% versus 0.2% penciled in by analysts. The thing is, the Eurozone actually avoided falling into the negative growth territory in the first quarter of this year. So that's good news. Today's bank holiday in Europe but not in Switzerland. I mean, some cantons in Switzerland, but not here. So not much will happen on the economic data front. But tomorrow, the Eurozone will actually release its aggregated inflation report for the Eurozone. Then the European Central Bank will announce its latest monetary policy verdict on Thursday, a couple of hours after the Fed announces its decision. The European Central Bank is expected to raise its interest rates by another 25 basis points when it meets this week. And if there is not much of a surprise 
on the inflation data front, which actually looks like it will be fine at this point in time. Well, a 50 basis point hike from the ECB could actually be bypassed at this week's monetary policy meeting in Europe, even though, and if all goes well, the European Central Bank will be walking into its own monetary policy meeting this week with no crisis on bank level, unlike the Federal Reserve, which will see another regional bank go bust with the First Republic Bank stress. So even though the US dollar actually swings higher these days with solid inflation data that's been fueling the Federal Reserve expectations, well, the intensity of the banking crisis on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean is not quite the same, because while the ongoing stress in the US regional banks will likely soften the Federal Reserve's hand moving forward, the European Central Bank will hopefully have this luxury to focus on the economic data to make the upcoming decisions. Therefore, there is a higher potential for a more hawkish European Central Bank divergence in the coming months compared to the Fed, which should in return actually back a further appreciation in the euro against the US dollar. And that's certainly why we see decent, decent buying in the euro dollar below that 110 psychological mark. And the euro's recovery against the US dollar could actually extend toward the 112, then toward the 115 level by the end of this quarter. Now, other than the Fed and the European Central Bank, the Reserve Bank of Australia is also due to announce its latest monetary policy verdict this week, tomorrow. And RBA is expected to keep its interest rate steady this month on the economic data front, while uh, the latest Chinese PMI showed on Sunday, unfortunately, an unexpected contraction in the Chinese manufacturing activity, and it also showed a slower expansion in services in April compared to what was expected by the analysts. The latter will likely keep the U.S. crude oil sold into its 100-day moving average, which actually stands a touch below the 70 $7 per barrel level on the earnings calendar. Well, Apple, AMD, Ford, Uber, and NXP are among big, big companies that are due to announce their latest quarterly earnings throughout this week. And on practical news, well, please do not forget to close your Lira positions with Swisscode until the 5th of May as you won't be able to trade Turkish Liras at Swisscote until May 15 due to the anticipation of wild, wild market volatility into the May 14th presidential election in Turkey. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me this Monday. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions, and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.